The Baltimore Ravens officially make their first outside free agent signing of the 2023 offseason with Nelson Aguilar. We talk about the move, talk about the state of the Ravens wide receiver room. We'll also look a little bit into Lamar Jackson, what his situation could have an impact on this offseason, and a lot more coming here on this live edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into a live edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here. As always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in, making Locked On Ravens your first listen. Each and every day, we're free and available all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube for free. So be sure to subscribe for free in video form, subscribe for free in audio form as well. And also turn notifications on so you know when we do go live here on the channel. And we do put out, you know, Ravens news, analysis, updates, and live shows like this to react to moves. And we've kind of been waiting for a Ravens move to happen. And I was saying, you know, whenever the Ravens make a move, we'll go live again and we'll make it happen. And we'll, you know, have the comments. This is a way for me to engage with the chat, engage with the comments and have people share their thoughts and we interact with those. So if you have any thoughts on the Aguilar signing, the state of the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Ken Francis, be sure to put them below here. We're doing it live on YouTube right now on, on a Friday evening. So, you know, you, you could be Friday night going out to a party, you know, you could, Go watch a movie, go on a date night, or you could be here with us on Locked on Ravens. I think that's a pretty good option. So, again, we're here five days a week for you on the show. But let's we'll talk about Nelson Aguilar, kind of a show rundown here tonight. We'll do Nelson Aguilar. We'll talk about his signing, what it means for the Ravens, both from him on the field for them, then also what it could mean for the rest of their offseason in terms of how they address that position through free agency or the draft. Then we'll also move into a bit of Lamar Jackson how much his situation has had an impact on Baltimore's free agency. We'll talk a little bit about DJ Chark because that was the deal. I put it out, you know, it was, it was a deal being compared. DJ Chark versus Nelson Aguilar. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the draft as well and just what the Ravens should do moving forward this offseason. So plenty to talk about here on this Friday evening. I know the, the Aguilar signing is not popular. It, it is not popular among a lot of people. And I, I understand it. Now, my general like fast reaction summary is the move itself is underwhelming I think it's it's fine if there's another big move like if it's DeAndre Hopkins and Nelson and Aguilar fine if it's Cortland Sutton and Nelson Aguilar fine if it's Nelson Aguilar and Demarcus Robinson or Nelson Aguilar on a mid-round receiver we're right back to where we started wide receiver wise with the same trends the same philosophies when we heard Eric DaCosta we heard John Harbaugh at that end of season press conference talk about revamping the wide receiver room. And I think that's where a part of that frustration lies with a lot of fans as well, where we heard that. And a lot of people heard that and said, okay, well, this is great. You know, right now to me, and then, you know, people might differ on this. And I've said this, I think the Ravens wide receiver wise, the only two that are safe in my opinion are Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. Now my whole thing is the Ravens. I think they keep six wide receivers. That's just like my default. That's what I default to is six wideouts. If Bateman and Duvernay are safe, my thing was, all right, two veterans and two young guys. That could be a combination of re-signings, trades, outside for agents, for veterans. 
And then maybe young guys already on the roster and draft picks, undrafted guys for young guys. Now, if Aguilar is one of the veterans, that's three of your six that I think are safe. The Ravens did give Aguilar a decently sized contract. It was one year, 3.25 million are the reports, only about a 1.4 ish million dollar cap hit. But then you look at a guy like a DJ Chark, who I think a lot, a lot more people liked more than Aguilar. I personally did. And there, there is, there has been raging debate about DJ Chark and how good or how not good he is. He had a great season many years ago, I think four years ago at this point. Hasn't really been able to put it together on the field health-wise. Aguilar has been a lot healthier on the field, but I think Chark, he's younger, and Aguilar is known for his drops. Now, he is a speedster, Aguilar is. I mean, in terms of actual stats here, he's played in the NFL since 2015, a first-round pick, actually, of Philadelphia, which I think I think a lot of people forget Philadelphia had that first-round pick. They took Aguilar with it, and their track record of first-round wide receivers recently has been – I mean, look, Devonta Smith turned out fine for him, but – Jalen Rager and, and Aguilar, those, those are two that did not. Aguilar in his career, 4,246 yards receiving and 31 touchdowns. He's averaged 12.5 yards per catch. He had, his best year to me was in Las Vegas, his one year in Las Vegas in 2020, where he had 48 catches, 896 yards and eight touchdowns, averaged 18.7 yards per catch. He's only had one season where he's averaged below 10 yards per catch. That was Philadelphia in 2019 where he averaged 9.3. So he's someone who stretches the field. Jeremy Fowler reported apparently the Ravens came away from their visit very excited about the fit with Aguilar. I mean, it's it's fine, but at this point for the Ravens, I talk about needle-moving moves. This is not that. The, the Nelson Aguilar signing is not a needle-moving move. Now, depth-wise, it's fine. Like, he, he can be a fourth or a fifth guy. And if that's what he is, that's fine. But if you're relying on him to be a three, that doesn't, that doesn't put much confidence in me in this wide receiver room. Now, hopefully this will be addressed with a trade or it will be addressed with a first round wide receiver. But at this point, I'll read out the Ravens wide receiver room. I mean, I put it out on Twitter and it got a lot of uh, not super enthusiastic responses Current Ravens wide receiver room includes Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, Shamar Bridges, Devin DuVernay, Andy Isabella, James Prochet, Mike Thomas, and Tylen Wallace. And then Cole Jackson, friend of the show, chimes in and says, Ken Francis. Ken Francis, honorary wide receiver, honorary Ravens legend, Ken Francis. We'll talk about him a little later. But it doesn't, it doesn't scare me. You know, if I was an opposing team facing the Ravens, that room doesn't scare me. That's why, to me, I think adding a star-proven veteran guy, and I'll say it time, I'll, I'll scream it to the heavens. The Ravens just, they need to add some proven option, whether it is for Lamar Jackson or whoever's throwing a quarterback. And that's the other part of this whole situation, where how much of the Lamar situation has had an impact on the Ravens and them signing wide receivers? I'm not blaming Lamar for that. I'm not blaming, you know, there's blame each way in that. And we'll talk about that a little later in terms of the whole contract situation. But I think people want to play with Lamar, but they don't know if Lamar is going to be in Baltimore. So if they sign on right now with the Ravens and they say, all right, I'm super excited to play with Lamar. I'm hinging my decision on Lamar. And then Lamar leaves or Lamar gets traded. Then where does where does that leave that guy? So I think there is some uncertainty. I wouldn't be shocked if there was in the market right now. And that's a. Uh, it's a little worrisome because the market to begin with, the free agent market to begin with, wasn't great. And 
now you have all these guys going off the board, the top options, Alan Lazard and Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, et cetera. All those guys are gone. DJ Chark, he's gone as well. The only player, the only wide receiver right now who moves the needle to me on the free agent market is Odo Beckham. That's the only guy that if the Ravens brought him in, I would be like, okay, this is a move I can work with. This is a move that makes the Ravens wide receiver core significantly better. And you know the you know the Odell ceiling. With Nelson Aguilar, it's yes, it's fine, but it's not fine if it's the only free agent acquisition. Like if this offseason for the Ravens ends up being Nelson Aguilar and Demarcus Robinson is the two free agent signings, that's that's not good. That is not good, and we're back to where we started wide receiver-wise. I don't like – this is nothing against Nelson Aguilar. Like, I know that there have been issues with the drops, but I think Ravens fans, people covering this team, have, have been through this cycle time and time and time again where we can go back just recently, even just recently, to Michael Crabtree and Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin and Des Bryant and Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson, and you can honestly keep, keep going back and back and back in time – the Ravens have only really had, you know, there there were a couple very early wide receivers, but you know, the, the best three wide receivers in history of this team have all come from outside acquisitions. Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason. You can order those guys any way you want to, any which way. But th- this is where the Ravens now have a wide receiver room. You're committing already. The Ravens before this move had about seven, eight million dollars in cap space. You're committing three and a half or three point two five of that to the Ravens cap space where now you're looking, all right, maybe it's uh like 4 million at this point, but now you have to create more room. I think there are going to be more restructures on the way, maybe a couple cuts here and there, but part of this also has to do with the fact that Aguilar is someone who, again, he, he's not a young option at the position. He, is 29, he'll be 30 by the time the season starts. And it's, again, that trend of the Ravens signing these veteran wide receivers. And Aguilar hasn't had the career that uh, a guy like a Sammy Watkins had up to this point with the Ravens, Jer- Jeremy Macklin, a Michael Crabtree. Aguilar is, I guess, proven, but it's it's not like this move that's going to take you over the top. Nelson Aguilar is not going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl. He can make some plays for you. I'm not saying he can't. Like, he can be a guy that that – is a speed guy, breaks over the top of the defense, opens up the middle of the field for whoever's throwing the ball, for Mark Andrews, et cetera. But to me, my big thing is those needle-moving moves. And, and for the Ravens, this just this move is not that. So hopefully, hopefully there's something else in the works wide receiver-wise. Again, the way the trade market has been this year, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think, you know, I know the whole rumors have been the asking price of a second round pick, which the Ravens don't have. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going for a second round pick. I think the Cardinals, if they got a third round offer, they would take it. So if the Ravens, let's say, gave the Cardinals their third for DeAndre Hopkins, they make the money work somehow. You know, the reports and the rumors and everything say that Hopkins is open to a team friendly deal. If he's moved, that to me is a needle moving move. And alongside Aguilar, I think that's fine. But Aguilar on his own, it's not a flashy move. It's not one that moves the needle. And that to a lot of people is really concerning. So, you know, you have Rube in the chat here saying, I agree, they've got to make another move. Remaining wide receiver for agents is underwhelming. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, we can go, we'll look at Walter Football quickly, who has a, a handy dandy list of free agent wide receivers and everybody who signed right now, you know, outside of Odell. So Odell's still there right now. The other guys you have are Richie James, Demarcus Robinson, Jarvis Landry, D. 
DeAndre Carter, Chris Moore, Ravens legend, Chris Moore, you know, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, Robbie Anderson, Rashad Perriman, Lacron Treadwell, Randall Cobb. Those aren't guys that move needles. Those aren't guys that move needles. So the Ravens need depth. You know, I'm not saying that the only moves they can make are needle moving moves, only big moves. They have to make moves along the margins. They have to make depth moves here and there, but they have to make the big moves too. Like it has to be a combination, a well-balanced effort of both right now. So I think for what the Ravens have, their wide receiver room is, is not, it's not getting anybody all, oh, we're playing the Ravens and their wide receivers. I think Rashad Bateman can be great. I think he can. I think Devin Duvernay has a really solid potential. But at the same time, right now you're looking at a team that still has a weakness of wide receiver and still has a weakness at corner. And coming up, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit and how much of an impact the whole situation's had on the Ravens and their free agent market. We'll talk about all of the craziness that happened yesterday in that about hour for the Ravens and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned here. Still a lot to talk about on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And the Built Marsh Madness bracket is here. And we know you have a favorite bar. Puff and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarshMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, for me, I'll be voting for the Brownie Batter Puff. And if you want the Ravens to win, then you have to be voting for that bar to support your team and support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 locked on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And for Built Bar, run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. We're back here, our second segment, Locked on Ravens Live here on this Friday evening. Thank you for hanging out with me here. I'm still Kevin Ostriker. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube for free. Subscribe in audio form for free. If you like listening in video form, we have it for you. You can see my face and, and my background. Is, we're all beach themed here on Locked on Ravens. But also in audio form, you can listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, on your way to work, on your way from work, five days a week. Well, this this week we're six because we're doing this live show here today. Monday through Friday in the morning it comes out. So be sure to turn notifications on so you know when our latest episodes come out. We're here live talking Nelson Aguilar as the Ravens signed their first free agent. And it, big news, but wasn't the big name that a lot of people were, were looking for in Aguilar. So we'll, let's look at the comments a little bit. One of the great things of being live is I can interact here with the chat. Alyssa saying Aguilar is a Florida man too. Coincidence. Is he from Florida? I don't know. It says, uh, I don't know where he's from, but uh, he was born on May 24th. So for those who are into astrology, take that as you will. And you can judge the character on that if you're into astrology. But yeah, I don't know. Aguilar is someone who doesn't move a needle. Tanya in the chat saying, what a disappointment. We were supposed to be getting a threat across from Bateman. This has nothing to do with Lamar. The Panthers got DJ Trek with no quarterback. This can't be it. Lamar will not be excited about coming back to this Ravens do better for your quarterback. And th- this has been the conversation. And I know Tony has been a big proponent of this over the course of the past couple of years, myself too, and a lot of other people where the Ravens have not gotten Lamar help. You know, they've drafted Marquise Brown. They drafted Rashad Bateman. I'm not saying they haven't invested in the draft, but I'm talking about veteran proven help where sure. Marquise Brown turned into, I think a very solid NFL wide receiver. I think Rashad Bateman has shown those flashes and is going to do the same. 
but we've seen what other teams have done for their quarterbacks. We've seen what the Eagles got Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. We've seen what the Bills got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, what the Cardinals got Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown. At this point, Nelson Aguilar is not moving people, especially with the with the way that the Ravens have operated the position over the years. And essentially, I'm not saying the Ravens promised change, but they were very adamant in their end-of-season press conference with John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta that they were going to make that big move. So hopefully what this is, hopefully, and I'm, this, this, is the, this is the positive spin, I, this to me hopefully is the depth move where you bring them in. This is the Marcus Robinson replacement. Let's call it that for now. If that is the case and the Ravens bring in DeAndre Hopkins, I'm totally fine with that. If it's DeAndre Hopkins, that's cool. If it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Mike Evans, that's cool. If it's Nelson Aguilar and Demarcus Robinson, that's where you lose a lot of people. It's where you lose me. So the the Aguilar signing can't be anything but depth. A guy who can catch 30 balls for you instead of a guy who's going to be relied upon to catch 55 or 60. Rube saying, with Callaway signing in Denver, wonder if Judy is available outside of Hopkins. Doesn't feel like a lot of guys are available. I think one of those receivers gets moved. I don't think Baltimore has the assets to get a Jerry Judy. Maybe they do if the price comes down. I think Cortland Sutton's a lot more realistic. I'd be fine with that move. I, I would love Jerry Judy. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a great fit. Obviously, he's close with Lamar. So maybe that's incentive for Lamar to come back. I don't know. They signed Lamar's cousin. So who knows at this point, Trayvon Mullen. But to me, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the most realistic big name trade option. You know, a lot of these teams are not willing or reluctant to part with some of these huge name wide receivers who are younger, right? Jerry Judy being on the market right now, AJ Brown being on the market last off season, Stephon Diggs, et cetera. That doesn't happen a ton. It's happened over the past couple of years a little bit, but I think for Baltimore, they don't have a second round pick to kind of throw into a deal that was coming on in the Roquan Smith trade. So to me, I think DeAndre Hopkins, even though he is on the wrong side of 30, he will give you a solid option next to Rashad Bateman. You know, he's that number one. He's that number one guy next to Rashad Bateman for at least this year, hopefully longer than that. And I think that gives time to Rashad Bateman to grow so that when DeAndre Hopkins eventually, you know, moves on or retires or whatever, Rashad Bateman's ready to hopefully go into a bigger role in a bigger aspect of the offense. And Hopkins is still very good. Like you also are going to hopefully get the production out of him as well. And it just elevates this offense a lot. And for a lot of people hearing the Rocky Yassin visit, hearing the Adrian Amos visit, I think that got a lot of people upset as well because it continues the trend of defense, defense, defense spending. And look, the Ravens have a great defense right now. They don't get to have that great defense without the spending they do on it. But people want to see that money kind of funneled a bit more into the offensive side of the ball, specifically wide receiver, where you know you have the Ronnie Stanley extension, you have the Mark Andrews extension. If Lamar has his extension, that's going to be a lot of money in the offense. But to get him a proven number one, that for a lot of people, that to me, I think is big. So a Jerry Judy or a Cortland Sutton or a DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think Mike Evans is getting moved personally. It'd be a great fit, but I don't think he's getting moved. That to me is where the Ravens have to splash. They have to splash there. And I think that's the bigger picture of everything here, which is hopefully Aguilar is depth. Eli Hoff saying, what is EDC doing? We need a true number one, true wide receiver one. What's the Ravens cap room right now? And then Jannar coming in saying 4 million, right around 4 million right now. The deal for Aguilar is one year, 3.25 with incentives. So there are about 3 million in incentives reportedly. So up to 
six million, six point two five million in incentives. Compare that to DJ Chark, who got one year, five million, fully guaranteed. Maybe the Ravens just saw guaranteed and said, "Nope, no, thank you. I'm nope. We're good." <laughs> that the guaranteed word I, that was in the comments on one of my tweets. The guaranteed word scared him off a of Chark, maybe. But no, I think you know when talking about Lamar, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. There, there is an aspect where again. Players want to play with Lamar. I don't think that's an issue, but who's throwing the ball to him in Baltimore right now? There's uncertainty surrounding Lamar. So do receivers want to come to Baltimore at this point? Are they are they jumping right now to say, oh, yeah, we're going to sign with Baltimore and then have Tyler Huntley throw the ball to us next year when we were hoping for Lamar Jackson? I think people, free agents, are waiting to see what happens. And this is what I was talking about with both Clays Campbell and Justin Houston, where Campbell, year 16, final year, well, this probably is his final year. I don't, no one knows for certain, but probably if he's looking for a Super Bowl, we know he's super competitive, wants to win, wants to win a Super Bowl. He deserves it hundred percent. Is that opportunity is the best opportunity for Clay's Campbell to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson or without Lamar Jackson or somewhere else. I think with Lamar Jackson, great opportunity to win a Super Bowl. If the Ravens can hit on those needs and not to sign Nelson Aguilar and that's it. But if it's without Lamar Jackson and the uncertainty surrounding the situation right now, would Campbell want to come back to Baltimore without knowing who the quarterback's going to be with Justin Houston, who has said he still wants to keep playing and he's going to kind of look at his future this offseason. Does he want to come back to Baltimore to win, to win a Super Bowl, or does a place like a Philadelphia or a Kansas City or a Buffalo or a Cincinnati work better for him because there's not uncertainty there? So we'll, we'll see what happens. Devin's saying next is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, but Kenny Galladay, he means, yeah, I – Hopefully not. Kenny Galladay had effort issues in New York. That that the Kenny Galladay experience during the offseason, when was it? Was it two offseasons ago? I can't even remember. The Kenny Galladay experience two offseasons ago was I, I want to forget it because it was everybody clamoring for Kenny Galladay. He signs that huge, massive deal with the Giants. Everybody about it. Well, some people weren't, but a lot of people were. And then he just one of the worst contracts in NFL history was Kenny Galladay. And again, it's just the effort issue. Hopefully it is not Kenny Galladay right now. Tanya also chiming in here saying EDC and Harbaugh are disappointing their quarterback and the fan base. Their refusal to get a game-changing receiver is, is here in here is a disgrace. Then soon as things don't work out, fans blame Lamar. Um, it's it's tough right now. Like the Ravens have have had this approach at wide receiver for so long. And I mean, again, like just recently, I, I listed off those names, Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, Michael Crabtree, Des Bryant, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins. And now you can add Nelson Aguilar to that list of these veterans who the Ravens feel like are going to come in and make a contribution. And then, I mean, Michael Crabtree's hands were horrendous when he was here. Sammy Watkins had a great start, couldn't stay on the field. Deshaun Jackson, that doesn't even feel like it was real, to be honest with you. You know, Jeremy Macklin was just a dud and bolt. So it's like it continues that trend. So there's no trust in those in those types of players right now. There's no trust in the Ravens bringing in a low contract, one year deal ish, over 30 player. There's no trust with that because it's happened and it's failed so many times when it feels like the solution is right in front of you to maybe just cut a cut a cost, cut a couple costs somewhere on the defensive side of the ball and be more Ravens. And he says, Hey, KO going to need you to start pushing those D hop highlights heavy on Twitter. It'll be the catalyst that brings her into the Ravens. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll put in a couple of Deandre Hopkins, uh, Deandre Hopkins highlights. Actually, I dropped my phone off a balcony a couple months ago and, uh, it's, it's hard for me to tweet videos. So I, I have to like navigate through the screen to, to figure out like what video is what and kind of type on it. So I have to, I have to navigate through the broken screen to, uh, figure that out. I'm going to get a fix soon though. So don't worry about that. But 
it's it's interesting. Tani also, will, this will be the point we head into our final break with because I think it's a good one. Tani says, maneuvering the cap like every other team, we don't want to win. And that that's key here. You have to have somebody, uh, someone in the front office. I think Eric DaCosta is fine at doing it, but there's, I think, reluctancy to spend wide receiver. And there has been, like the Ravens' philosophy is defense, ground and pound football, and that goes beyond what the Ravens did with Greg Roman beyond Lamar Jackson era. We're sure, you know, you had the Flacco offenses that definitely aired the ball out and it was a very big shift, but you go back to those 2000 Ravens, you know, obviously the 30 for 30 coming out on them. The Ravens have always invested on defense, the secondary, the Ravens have invested so heavy in their secondary. Again, the frustration is people just want to see that money put into wide receiver where the Marcus Peters three-year $42 million deal, even something like that, that extension, I don't think, you know, the Ravens were fine by doing that, but it's that type of deal that I think people would be okay with for a solid wide receiver. So there's, there are so many points there. And, and you know, Rube agrees with Tanya and saying they got to be aggressive with the roster. And this is the time. Well, actually, the time was a couple of years ago, honestly, on Lamar's rookie contract. And that will be where we pick up in the final segment. Lamar's rookie contract, and if the Ravens failed him in that, in the whole situation over the past couple of years here, for the wide receiver position, building the offense around him while the Ravens still had the cap room on that rookie contract. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on this live edition of Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the tournament is heating up. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That be, that's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to points for us, which team will be cutting it down the net. I picked Purdue, so my bracket is uh, is long gone. Hopefully, you're faring a bit better than me on that. But all on and out, the safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chats at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. We're back, rounding out Locked On Ravens Live here on Friday evening, Friday night. Kevin Ostriker live with you still on the YouTube channel. And again, after the show is over, it will be uploaded in audio form. So you can listen there if you want to. And we also will have this, you know, it'll be replayable on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe here on the channel, like the video as well. Also subscribe for free anywhere you get your audio podcast to again, five days per week, Monday through Friday. I've been doing this 950 episodes. My, my today's episode, this morning's episode was 950 for me. So coming up on 1000, which is great. I started this August of 2019, which is the year Marquise Brown was drafted. Now Marquise Brown is no longer in Baltimore and the Ravens signed Nelson Aguilar. That's why we're talking about this here today and looking at what the Ravens have done over the course of this weekend and hopefully what they can do over the course of the remainder of the weekend so far. So let's get back into chat a little bit here. And, you know, we'll talk here, Majin Bull 17, signing another team's wide receiver four slash five leftovers who get cut like the Corey Davis or Jarvis Landry won't move the needle. We'll just be, we'll just be PR. We need a proven one or high end two. I mean, I, I agree. You know, I think that it's fine to sign a couple of those guys. Well, I'll say it's fine to sign one of those guys if something else comes after it, which is, again, like a Hopkins or Sutton or Judy. Like, that's the move the Ravens need. Aguilar's fine if it's a Demarcus Robinson replacement, but they do need a proven wide receiver one, at least a high-end wide receiver two, as Majin says there. Eli coming back in saying we have a new offensive coordinator or a D is top five, top ten, and if we get Lamar back, that sounds like a playoff contender or one deep threat from running the tables, which is one star wide out away from being real true contenders. You add a couple of corner pieces in as well. 
I think that's a fine roster. Obviously, you got to work out some of the coaching kinks with a new offensive coordinator. I think that'll be fine, though. I think Munkin is a much better fit for the Ravens offense than Greg Roman was, especially after how stale that whole thing got. But I think if Lamar comes back, if that extension is signed, if DeAndre Hopkins or someone else, some proven guy is brought in, you're able to bring in a like if it's a Rocky Asin or Marcus Peters and a first round corner, that to me is completely, completely fine. And, you know, Salone man coming in. Why doesn't this team realize the defense doesn't doesn't win anymore? Why give up a second for Roquan and not put any incentives for the offense? I think the Roquan trade was fine. Like the Ravens are happy to have Roquan. I think he is a very good talent to have. But the problem people have with the Ravens defense right now, and there aren't a lot, is the fact that the Ravens right now have Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, which in a vacuum is not a problem at all, right? You have two really dominant linebackers. Queen turned it on last year. Roquan Smith is Roquan Smith. But for the Ravens now, they have five picks. And the other part of this, actually, I want to give a a shout out here. You know, there's a guy on Twitter who does a lot of great cap work and and compensatory pick work, Nick Corte. And he said he was surprised to see the Ravens give Nelson Aguilar 3.25 average annual value. It's only one year. But that's actually enough to qualify Nelson Aguilar's contract as a seventh round compensatory free agent signing which means it actually would cancel out the sixth round 2024 comp pick for the Ravens that they were going to get for Josh Oliver. So that's a, like, it's not a small deal that the Ravens essentially signed Nelson Aguilar and that 3.25 average annual value is potentially going to cost the Ravens a six round comp pick, which we all know they love their comp picks. So, you know, I think Roquan, the hundred million deal, I don't, I don't hate the Roquan trade. I don't hate the Roquan deal. People are mad about it, though, because the way linebackers are in this league now, you can just bring in a box safety like a Chuck Clark, for example. Now, Roquan's a real, like, he's one of the best linebackers in this league. There's no question about it. But again, it's investing defense, 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 and that's what gets people upset there. And, you know, Salome Man coming in here, it's never an issue to restock with defense, but defense doesn't win championships. Just ask Mahomes. You need to have a solid a solid wide receiver room. It doesn't have to be the best. Like, uh, look, people aren't asking for the Ravens to have the top wide receiver. Like, bring in, bring in Justin Jefferson, bring in Jamar Chase, bring in Devontae Adams. They're not asking for that. That's not what people are asking for. What people are asking for here is one, one, the number one proven veteran, number one option. That's it. You don't have to have the top three wideouts in the league. You can get away just fine with, I bring back DeAndre Hopkins, with DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, a mid-round rookie, and I don't know, Demarcus Robinson. Let's say Demarcus Robinson. That to me is completely fine. And at this point, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. And that to me is worrying and it's concerning because right now there's so much that hinges on Lamar and his situation. We haven't even talked about what, what happened over the course of yesterday. Tanya saying DJ Chart could have came here. He signed with the Panthers. They don't have a quarterback either. I mean, yeah, it's, it's disheartening for a lot of people. I think now to be fair, this wide receiver market, I, I talked about, it was not very strong to begin with, but at the same time, I think truck would have been a very solid fit in Baltimore if he was able to stay healthy and for Aguilar, at least he can stay healthy. I would have preferred Chark just personally. I would have preferred Chark. You know, Aguilar's played in 118 games in his career, has not missed a lot of time. But I think to me, if you're taking a swing, right, like to me, Aguilar is the safe option with a very low floor. Like, I think there's a very low floor with Nelson Aguilar. He can give you something. But I think DJ Chark is kind of that move that you look at and say very high ceiling move if he's able to stay healthy the Ravens need to make those types of moves right now not saying just make everything a risk but 
I, I don't know. I, I personally would have had DJ Chark over Nelson Aguilar for me. Eli saying our best hope is to get a rookie in the draft. Anyone disagree? At this point, maybe so. I mean, again, Odell's the only free agent left on the market that moves a needle for me. So unless there's a trade coming or Odell coming to Baltimore, maybe it is Jackson Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson. I think Quentin Johnson's very intriguing. I know people are either all in on him or all out. I don't think there's a very middle ground with him. Also, Zay Flowers, another potential option there. So we'll see. Rube coming in saying, still have faith EDC will make a trade. We've seen Lamar shine when he has to throw the ball a lot. I hope they draft Zay Flowers also. I think for me, it's one or the other. You know, bring bring in a proven number one at this point, trade-wise, or draft a wide receiver one. If there's not a move made outside of Aguilar, and let's say it's the Marcus Robinson two, and the Ravens don't address the wide receiver position until the mid-rounds, again, we're right back where we started with the Ravens there. So I don't know. It's an interesting... It's an interesting conversation to have, and we haven't even had a Lamar conversation. Let's talk about that a little bit as well. And Rube, thank you for the congratulations on uh, on the 950. I'm, a thousand's coming up soon, so I'm excited about that. So long story short with Lamar. <laughs> it's, it's a very long story. Adam Schefter, all the people come out. The NFL releases a memo about how the NFL PA, this guy's not certified by them, Ken Francis. And <laughs> they say, can't negotiate with this guy. It's going to be punishment if you do. Now, people do research. Florida man, Ken Francis, who is kind of trying to pitch this gym home invention, you know, this portable gym invention. Lamar comes out, says that Ken Francis has never negotiated for him, and then promotes a product, a, a mobile gym product with Ken Francis, saying that it's coming out in the summer called The Entire Gym. And it's just, it's such a bizarre twist on this whole situation. Such such, such a bizarre turn. I don't really know what to think about it all anymore, but I think it was an all-time publicity stunt. I mean, I give I give props to Lamar for having business product placement publicity. I think he made his business, his venture, a little bit of money. Now, Lamar went on the shop with LeBron James and said that he wants to be a champion and a billionaire. And I don't, I'm not surprised that he wants to put a guaranteed contract. I'm not surprised that he's going in all these business ventures. That just feels like. It, it is what it is. So that's just the, the very long version or the very short version of a long story about the uh, the interesting, interesting Ken Francis situation. Skip Moe Crane Gang saying we need a, need a top tier wide receiver. 100% agree. Uh, Aiden Strott saying, I think Ronnie Marlin, Andrews, Roquan all proved the EDC is very willing to pay those who are deserving handsomely. So I'm sure they gave a fair offer. I guess this is either for Lamar or for DJ Chark. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but I mean, yes, I, I agree with the sentiment Aiden has here. I just think that, you know, wide receiver-wise, DeAndre's deserving of, of a payday, but the Ravens have always been the, we're going to re-sign our own. Like that, it's it's them and the Steelers. Now, the Steelers have gone out and signed a couple of guys th- this free agency period, but the Steelers and the Ravens are known for kind of re-signing their own guys a lot and not making it a uh, a whole, like, oh, we're going to go out there, spend $70 million on, on outside for agents every offseason. The Ravens did that last offseason with Marcus Williams, Morgan Moses, what could have been Zedaria Smith, et cetera. But then you look at these deals the Ravens give out. They love, the Ravens love those four-year, $25 million, three-year, $16 million contracts they give out to their own guys. Patrick Ricard was given, what, what was it, three years, 11, three years, $12 million? And we don't know how his fit's going to be in this offense with Todd Munkin right now. You know, they gave Tavon Young a deal like that. They gave Chuck Clark a deal like that. Nick Boyle a deal like that. If the market signed to an extension, those deals aren't going to be as popular for the Ravens because they're just not going to be able to 
give them out because Lamar's going to have such a high cap hit. Now the Ravens can can navigate the the Jackson situation by making his first year cap hit low, as I talked about, because while you have the big contracts right now, the highest cap hits for the Ravens, not name Lamar in that franchise tag. It is, it, it's Mark Andrews, it's Ronnie Stanley, and it's Marlon Humphrey. As those contracts expire, you can have Lamar, Roquan Smith, and Marcus Williams slot into those three highest paid slots, and you can continue to do it that way. Now, for Roquan Smith, he's signed that $100 million contract. His first year cap hit, I think, is $9 million. Marcus Williams making, I believe, 7 or he's not making, but the cap hit is $7 million for this offseason for the Ravens to maneuver that. So it's interesting. We're, we're, we're going to see how the whole situation plays out. Skip Mo Krangang saying he's a third wide receiver for Cincinnati available. And I, I would probably guess not. And if he was, I don't think Cincinnati would, would make a trade for with the Ravens, a division rival. I mean, Tyler Boyd's great, but again, he's not a number one. I think that it would, it would be better than what the Ravens have done in recent years in terms of veterans. But I think that, you know, people would rather have a, a T Higgins as opposed to a Tyler Boyd there. Brendan G coming in saying, I feel like we overpaid for Aguilar. I would have preferred Shark as well. It's, yeah, like, I don't know if it's necessarily in overpay. Well, I'll say that I would I would rather have him on like a one-year $2.5 million deal. That's what I'll say. To have it go up to $6 million in incentives, 3.25, I don't know. Aguilar's still productive, but he's not like uber productive. He's not someone that is going to come in and make a huge, huge, like, yeah, the Ravens are winning a Super Bowl with Nelson Aguilar difference. And that to me is concerning because I think his depth fine if it's with DeAndre Hopkins. If not, then we're, we're back to where we started once again with the Ravens. And we'll round out with Eli here. It says, my final thoughts, ZDC has to hit in the draft this year, and the Ravens must get LJ happy again. The Ravens need to sign Lamar to an extension. Like, at this point, just something has to give. Something has to give with this Lamar situation. Hopefully, he's back in Baltimore. But at the same time, his situation and the way the offseason has gone has hindered the Ravens in – getting guys under contract and again we'll, we'll see what happens but there, there it hasn't been a normal offseason <laughs> it hasn't been any type of normal offseason for the Ravens and until it until this Lamar situation ends there's only so much the Ravens can do and that is a problem for the organization because while teams like Cincinnati and Cleveland and Pittsburgh and everybody's improving the Ravens have signed Nelson Aguilar so they signed somebody they signed an outside free agent but I don't think people are very happy with the move overall. But that's all I have for you here tonight on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in with us on this, again, live edition. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe in audio form as well. We are here five days a week. So let me get back here on Monday. It'll be a mock draft Monday. I'll put it on mock draft Sunday on Twitter. You can put your mock drafts below on the Locked on Ravens quote tweet, and I'll get to those. We'll talk a bit about Lamar, his situation. It's going to be Lamar, Lamar, Lamar until we figure it out. We'll talk Jerry Judy. We'll talk Cortland Sutton and a lot more. So again, be sure to subscribe and follow along here. Thank you for all the support, and I'll see you right back here on Monday.